Our joy is in God's word, Jeremiah 13, 16. And our purpose is to proclaim God's word, Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 is about where I wanted to preach today. It's, you'll find that when we get there in closing, that it'll be, uh, it is very time-telling for the day and age we live in. So, uh, and I see in our bulletin we have Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Beautiful. I love this picture. I think it's just pretty, uh, the eagles. And I wrote here in the last, uh, this is the first line of the letter, we are so glad God has put us in the midst of this coastal region of the beautiful state of Alaska. And that's how I started the letter. But uh, I will share this with you. And if you want a copy of the letter, eventually I'll, I can give you a copy of it. I'll mail it out. In fact, it'll be on our church stationery. Maybe I should mail one to everybody here or at least make it available so you can read it. And so it's nothing but a brag on you guys. And I think it's a wonderful thing. We have a church, and we're independent, and we're standing for God's word. So let's turn in our Bibles to page. page. If you got a, if you got the same Bible I got, it might work for 945. But let's go to Psalms 119, 114. What I headed off the letter with is how I feel about God's word. All my hope is in God's word. All my hope is in God's word. All I hope for is in God's Word. The only reason I hope at all is because of God's Word. In this day and age, it's easy to fall short, and it's easy to get depressed this time of year with the rain. I even wrote them, it says we got 11 foot of rain this last year. We got over 11 foot of rain on the coastal region here. But I says it's easy to lose focus on God's word. And when you lose focus on God's word, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, the door is wide open for temptation and the devil. That's the way he works. He divides each one of us and tries to conquer. He's not strong enough to waltz in the front door of this church, but he is strong enough to walk in your back door and sneak around your house. So that's what the devil does. Our hope is in God's word, Psalms 119, 114. Let's take a look at that. I'll read, I hate, I hate, I, I'm going to read from 13 on to 20 uh, in Psalms. The book of Psalms, Psalms 119, is the longest chapter, uh, longest book in your Bible, longest chapter in your Bible, I'm sorry, and it has the most verses of any chapter, and it's all about God's Word. In verse 113, I'll read, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love, for our, for Excuse me, 114, thou art my hiding place, my shield, I hope in thy word. And that's what we need to have our hope and our focus on. I don't hope to get rich. I don't hope to get even. I don't hope to be the best in the West. I hope in God's word. Thou art my hiding place, my shield, I hope in thy word. Depart. From me, ye evildoers, for I will keep thy command, the commandments of my God. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let not me, and let not me not be ashamed of my hope. Have you shared your hope this week? Does somebody know in your household or in your family that your real hope is in God, not in discovering gold, not in uh, 
being the first one to the next planet. Your hope is in God's word, and your hope you should not be ashamed of. Hold thou my me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto the statute, thy statutes continually. The people that today that have the most fear, the most fear in their lives, are people that don't respect a bit of God's statutes. Because God's statutes tell me if I'm abiding by him, and it's my, uh, he will take and protect me and keep me safe. And if it's his will that I get something, a disease or something, and fall ill and die, it's because it's his will. I don't have to struggle with where my focus is. I don't have to get up in the morning and weigh out all my calories and figure out where I'm going to eat and what I'm not going to eat and all this just because I want to live longer. Sure, those things are great and we can focus on those things, but not my entire life is not going to be centered around trying to hope that I live forever. I know I'm going to live forever. Each one of us is going to have an opportunity to live forever. It's a simple choice of trust in God's word and putting your hope in God's word. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgments. The only thing I have to fear is God. And I would rather be in the hands of an angry God than some of the reprobate, sinful people on this planet. I would rather be in the hands of my God than the devil. I would rather be in God's infinite grace and rely on his mercy as I do every day than be in the hands of an unjust sinner. Okay, my faith is in God's word, Romans 10, 17. You can go there, Romans 10, 17. My faith is in God's word. I've been struggling with that issue about angels because we've been teaching and learning about angels. One time or another, I meditate on it, and I think about how angels don't have a choice, and I read and contemplate Scripture about angels not having a choice or having a choice. I think, though, the more I contemplate on it, the more I think about it, this word we're going to look at here, my faith is in God's word. I think angels have a choice. I just, that's the way I tend to lean this week. Maybe next week I won't. But I know angels do not have faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. I'm thinking angels don't have faith. They were there when the world was made. They were there when God put everything together. They were one of the first things he created. To them, it's not a wonder they don't have to trust in God's word. They see God's word. They've seen it. They see the actions. They look down upon this world. They don't have to exercise faith like we do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have faith. The angels look and envy our faith, and we make choices according to what we put our trust and our faith in. Oh. Uh, let's look at Romans 10. Says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Little faith, little action, little victory. Alcoholics Anonymous was formed by a, a preacher's son. 
No, he wasn't. It was formed by a young man who was a preacher. And he exercised and found the key to his victory in life was exercising a faith in something other than in himself because he continually failed himself and drowned that failure in alcohol. He transferred his faith into something much bigger than him, much better than him, much more perfect than him, and that's God's word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by God's word. And I want to put my faith in God's word. I'm not going to put my faith in owning the biggest gun. I'm not going to put my faith in having the most guns. I'm not going to put my faith in having the most ammunition. I'm not going to put my faith in having the most medical, best medical care. I'm not going to put my faith in those things. My heavens, if I did have my faith in that, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, I use that term lightly. <laughs> uh, faith is what you put your trust in. Are you trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you exercising your faith in his word? Do you know that according to his word, things will happen or things won't happen? That's what I put my faith in. I'm not putting it in how fast the airplane flies. I'm not putting it in how hard and how much weight I can bench press. I did that at one time, and so some of us. We all learn very quickly that faith in ourselves runs short. Even faith in our heroes runs short. I was completely depressed when I found out Roy Rogers was a born-again Christian, but I knew a preacher that went to his house and knocked on his door, and he did many wonderful things, and he is in heaven right now. But he was a Hollywood Christian, and the fellow knocked on his door, and he answered the door with a drink in his hand. He was entertaining guests for a party, and he didn't want to let the preacher in to interfere with his social life. He had more faith in his friends than he did in God's word. The third thing I want to look at is my or our stand is for God's word. Luke eleven twenty eight. We're in the New Testament. Go back a couple chapters, a couple books. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. But he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that bear, hear the word of God and keep it. Yea, better are those that hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. I stand for the word of God. I endeavor to keep God's word. And you know why? He promised me, promises me I'll be blessed. It keeps me out of trouble. There's all kinds of things God's word does for me. But the main reason I am obedient to God's word is because I believe there's a creator. I believe there's a man, in, in a man, a God man, that came down to this planet and died on the cross for my sins. I believe in God. And I believe that God who made the universe, who gave me breath when I was brought into this world, will bless me as I endeavor to keep his commandments. Each one of us need to endeavor, motivate ourselves, to keep some of God's commandments, to keep all of God's commandments, that we might be blessed. I grew up with a young fr friend that he seemed, he, he bought one lottery ticket. I sold it to him. He bought one lottery ticket, and he won. He got drafted. He got, a, he got a discharged, honorable discharge. Never showed up. There was some strange. The guy... The guy would win everything. You know what he does for a living now? 
He's a professional gambler. He goes to the big casinos and plays the big draws, five-card stud, and all those things. He's still very fortunate, but he's not blessed. He's rejected Jesus Christ as his personal Savior for worldly gain. He's rejected God's word for worldly gain. He's rejected God's commandments for worldly gain. I could tell you his name. You could Google him up. He's still a professional gambler. And when he dies, he'll bust hell wide open. I pray for him. Pray for him. My stand is for God's word. I need his blessing. The fourth thing that we, I wrote on the heading of that letter, my strength is in God's word. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. And you could look at your bulletin. I remember when we were teaching... Uh, my grandson, I preached a message about this verse right here on our, bo- on our thing, Philippians 4.13, preached that message for him, and uh, he was learning to ride on his bicycle, and he went down the street. He's a very good athlete now. He's here in Alaska, and he kept hollering, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me as his bike wiggled and wobbled and me and mom finally got tired of running alongside of him and let him loose and he took off on that bicycle, two-wheel bicycle without any training things and he was screaming and hollering as loud as he could, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Taught me a lesson. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I can do all things. So what's the strength? Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12. Let me get there, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, very familiar verse, very familiar verse. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's what I trust in. I trust in God's word. I trust in God's word to work on you people. I trust on God's word to work on me so that I can evaluate myself and improve myself. I trust that God's word will help you. I trust that God's word will give you the answers. That's why I preach, to proclaim God's word so people can have the answers. Each one of us need to realize that the answers to our problems the power we can get in our lives, the victory over sin we can have, the victory over problems, the the wonderful blessings that lay for us is all in God's Word. What you put your faith in is God's Word. And that Word proclaims itself to be quick and more powerful than any two-edged sword. Oh, if you want to get theoretical about it, oh, it could be more quick and powerful than a sonic jet. Boy, if you ever seen, I was one time I was shoeing some horses in the back back field, and I looked up from the barn and I heard a bang, big boom, a sonic boom, and uh, I wondered what made that noise. And I looked, and then I heard another big boom, and I looked in the direction, and it dawned on me. I I think it sounded like a plane or a jet. But when you hear the boom, that means they broke the sound barrier and they're going faster than sound, and it makes a real deafening, a distinct noise. And so I didn't look where I heard the sound. I figured 
I turned to even more and looked around, and there was one of those black stealth bombers that the Department of Defense made, you know, the big ones they bragged on, looked like a bat in the air, and they were having maneuvers. Biggest airport in the United States, not airfield, well, airfield, not airport. The biggest airfield in the United States is in Salina, Kansas, and they were testing those stealth bombers there. And they're flying around like bats in the air. Just a magnificent thing I've seen, a display of power. As they weave through the air. And they were dead silent when they weave through the air. And they were black and they're made of special shapes so the radar can't pick them up or anything. They're just, but they're deadly. More electronics on them than anything, than on the, but they say there's more electronics on one of those stealth bombers than there is on the uh, spaceships that go to Mars. And so I watched him and watched him. But you know, my word of God is much more powerful than those things weaving around in the air. But the way they it reminded me of this sword, more quick and powerful than any two-edged sword, slicing the atmosphere. God can do it. We're talking, we're, we're, uh, we're uh, in this day and age, we're very much aware of the end times. But you know, no matter what they come up with, no matter what they have, whatever man can put out, God's made it better. God's word says it's more. Our strength is in God's word. The strength whereupon of the day of all time and forever. Our joy is in God's word. Jeremiah 15, 16. My joy is in God's word. Jeremiah 15, 16. Kings, Isaiah after that, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16, thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by the name of God of hosts. I sit not in the assembly of mockers, nor rejoice, nor rejoice. I sit alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable which refuses to be healed wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and waters that fail the promise of a threat lord's assurance to the prophet jeremiah you're going to find your real joy is going to come as you fulfill and endeavor to live in god's word i know the joys of this earth are are fathoms deep, but in reality, real joy is when you're right with God. Real joy is being able to look your creator in the face. Real joy, you'll find lasting joy is as you draw yourself closer to God's word. We have victory in Jesus because he's God's word personified. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word with God and the word was God. John 1.14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus Christ is the personification of God's word, and I'll put my faith, I'll put my hope, I'll stand for and look for my strength all from God's word. We have victory in God's word and victory through the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And you might as well go there because the next place we're going is to Philippians. This is the fifth and second to the last. Romans 8, 1. It says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. How do you know where the Spirit walks? I like the saying, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. You put that in a biblical perspective, a fool is someone who doesn't believe in God. They rush. They rush. They run headlong into sin. Angels don't like to tread around sin. Angels don't like to be around sin, at least the angels we're talking about in in the evenings when we meet. Fallen angels are part of sin, but we need to put our faith and our trust in God's word, and his word will keep us and give us victory by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show us where to walk. The Holy Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in the, it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son and the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We're to walk after the Spirit. You're not going to know where the Spirit is unless you're in the Word of God. The last thing I do in our purpose, my purpose and our purpose as a church should be, is to proclaim God's Word. Now, we could go to Matthew 28 and the classic verse of the Great Commission, but I want us to go to Philippians 2.14. Philippians 2.14. It matches just a couple more books over towards uh, Revelation as we wrap this up. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, chapter 2, verse 14. And you'll see how it just speaks of today. Philippians, chapter 2, verse 14, 15, and 16. And we see that ye may be blameless. He's talking to uh, the Philippian church. Do all things without murmuring and disputings. There's a whole series of things of encouragement and things we should try to do as Christians. In fact, I've got, I think, 14 of them, well, no, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of them here. But do all, for, God, for it is God which worketh in you both to, will, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Verses, verse 13, 14, 15, that ye may, well, we'll read in 14, do all things without murmuring and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God with, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in this world. I think I was just heard on the news today. Early this morning, I pick up a little uh, Fox News, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, if I be offered upon the sacrifice and serve, serve, serve service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with you. 
like I said on the news this morning, I was, I was uh, heard how a fellow was talking about how in this day and age we live in, the Jew is being persecuted by a number of nations. And throughout history, historically, the Jew has been persecuted. And that's nothing new. He said, but we don't keep in mind, and this was a news broadcaster. He says, Christians are being persecuted. They're right in line behind it. In this nation and day and age we live in, we will see some persecution. Where's your faith? Where's your hope? Where's your trust? Where's your strength? Where's your joy? If it's in this world, it's going to fail you. And it's starting to fail us big time. Let's all stand. You know, as Christians, we've enjoyed a lot in this planet, in this day and age. Always used to talk to God and say, why did you always have me get in on the end of things? Well, it wasn't true. I was just feeling sorry for myself. But you know, sometimes I'd rather be in on the end of things than not in it at all. And uh, we're in a wonderful time in America where we can still practice our faith. You can, you can sing. You can, have a, you can meet together. We can have a, a dinner catered in. We can all be together in a room. We can all sing God's praises. We can all listen to God's word. We can all practice and proclaim, preach, and put our faith in God's word. It's not always going to be that way. You know, we like to pick up on Jerusalem and our Israel and those people and how they're examples of us as Christians. Do you see how many times they've been persecuted? Do you see how many times they've been through some rough times? We're, uh, we've been pretty spoiled. We uh, got a little of that in Sunday school class. We have a lot of things given to us in our, as Christians. My Bible says, the Word of God says, too much is given, much is required. And I'm so happy with this church and its missions program. You're going to hear a little bit about it tonight. The young lady's going to read to us out of the missions program. And I uh, got some other letters from missionaries. We got some wonderful things we do as a church. Let's keep together as a church. Let's move forward as a church. And let's always put our faith, our hope, our trust, and get our strength and our joy and our purpose from God's word.